All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Devil is in the She Tales. Today, we are here with another entrepreneur named Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, how's it going? Going great. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Of course. So, thanks for having me. Of course. So, this is the first time you and I have met. And -hmm. those are personally my favorite kind of interviews that I have because not only are we getting to know one another literally on. while recording a podcast, but I'm genuinely kind of in the dark about what you do, how you got started, the challenges. So I'm really curious. So why don't we just start with that? What What is your business all about? So my name is Megan Powers, and I am owner of Megan Marlene Skincare. My first location I opened in Redondo Beach, and I did open a, a second location in Beverly Hills a few months ago. So I'm still kind of getting the ball rolling on that slowly but surely. How long have you been in business for? So I opened up about a year and a half ago, a little bit over that, basically as soon as COVID was about to allow us to do our thing again. Okay, so two locations in under two years. Yeah, it's been wow. fun. That's, busy. Yeah, that sounds insanely busy. And what do you what, what's your specialty? So I do facials, more corrective facials, stuff like um, hydrofacial or chemical peels. I do DMK enzyme therapy. There's a lot of different treatments that I customize, so you're likely to get something different every time you come in. What? got you started? So I actually went with someone to get a facial when I was about 19 years old. And while I was getting that done, I'm like, hmm, this is something that I could do. I didn't go to college or anything because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So um, I looked into aesthetic school and went to SMC at first, but it was just so hard to get classes. So I figured that I would just save money and go to a more expensive school and get it done faster. So I finally did that and finished in uh, 2018. How was that experience for you? It was great. I went to a school in Garden Grove. It was Career Academy of Beauty. I've referred a ton of friends who have gone and they loved it. And, you know, everyone kind of starts at different rates or times and some people want to work for people first like I did work at a med spa for about a year that was fun just while I was paying off the hydrofacial and all that stuff so kind of switching gears here into where you are now have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur so I wasn't sure when I first was getting into aesthetics I did work for a few people and realized that that wasn't going to be for me, for me to be happy and to be not stressed. It's a different type of stress, but I was very unhappy working for people a lot of the time. I get it. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. I know myself, I, I could do it. I definitely could do it, but I always kind of felt like there was this itch on my back that I wasn't scratching. You know, I always felt like I can do this job, but I don't feel like this is what I'm meant to do. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of a similar experience? Basically. And I knew it was going to be hard. So I did work in restaurants while I was getting situated. And luckily, they were super supportive. Like even when I was going to esthetician school in like 2017, uh, 18, I worked at Tin Roof Bistro in Manhattan Beach. And they were so supportive, so nice, working with my schedule. Yeah, they were so nice. And then I worked at um, Slay Steak and Fish House in Manhattan Beach, 
while I was kind of like opening the business. But as soon as I really focused and I left Slay in December, my sales the next month more than doubled because I was focusing. Yeah. So was it scary to make that jump initially from no kind of safety net, no job into full time entrepreneurship, business ownership? What like so scary? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting to double my sales the first month, but I was like, hey, I got to make this happen or it's not happening. (laughs) You're so right. That's it's like the tenacity that you have to have in order to make it work. So I actually did a little mini episode on this that I don't know what maybe I'll kind of put it out in tandem to this, which is this mentality that I think some entrepreneurs have and and I fell fell victim to also in the very beginning uh, or even before I launched was this like field of dreams mentality, which is like, if you build it, they will come. Like, you just have to start it and people will show up. And it's like, mm, nope. <laughs> Building it is a first step that yeah. absolutely is huge, right? People have to have somewhere to go. But after that, it really is on you to make it happen. How did you do that? Well, almost every job is what you make it. There's a lot of estheticians who say, oh, I make no money. I'm so unhappy. I've been open for, you know, six months to a year and I have like two clients a month, which that's why I worked in the restaurant because I was aware that, you know, with all your investments, you're lucky if you make money the first year, if you buy all the equipment and all that stuff. I think that that's true for any entrepreneur and any business. You're more than likely to not make money right out of the gate than you are too, right? Yes. And I had a couple friends who are waxers, estheticians who worked for like big chains and they were established enough where they were super comfortable. And I told them like, it's going to be hard at first because you're not going to have clientele, but you're already good at Instagram. You're good at what you do. You already have that confidence. So you might as well just go on your own because you're making just like a little sprinkle working for these chains and they're working you so hard back to back and it's fine you know if you want to learn and all that but once you're comfortable it's like you should definitely try even if you have a second job that's completely fine but it's so worth it once you get the ball rolling and you like kind of trust yourself to just do it so how when you were first getting started how did you get clients Oh boy, Instagram, friends, <laughs> referrals, working at the restaurant, letting people know. Because everybody, when you work in a restaurant, it's always, well, what else do you do? It's right, never, right. oh, this is your career. Especially in LA. And some people, you know, there are. Everyone's an actor, like, you know, trying to be your singer. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's like one thing in this city, you know, that we grew up in LA. It's like everybody, we, we have, Side gigs on side gigs, yep. you know, and uh, to survive, to survive, right? Yes, this is an expensive city to live in, uh, but there's more than enough money to go around. I firmly believe that, and we just have to go get it. Um, let's kind of switch gears and talk about money. How is your relationship to money, especially since being an entrepreneur? I'm always interested in people's philosophies around funds. So it's actually really funny because my husband made a comment last night. I'm trying to think exactly what he said. He It was something along the lines of, uh, wow, you just really go for it. You're like not scared to uh, buy something or go all in because I just recently got an order of something. And, you know, instead of 
oh, like a $500 order. We're talking like five grand at a time, kind of like testing something out. And he's just like, well, at least it works well for your business. It's like, you kind of have to spend money to make money and you have to be willing to take some risk. It's not going to be easy the first couple years. Like it's, it's one of those things you just have to push through and sacrifice because I'd rather set myself up for the future and live comfortably and be happy. And, you know, in the future, hopefully when we have kids, I can be home more, you know, stuff like that. That's important to me. Everyone has different priorities, but, you know, you want to make it convenient for you. It's true. And I think that you bring up a great point. Everybody has different priorities and everybody has different goals, right? Mm -hmm. I think that somebody's ideal life is somebody else's nightmare, probably. And that's okay. I don't know. It reminds me that we just always have to keep that level of acceptance for whatever anybody is doing. It's like whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, that's what you should be doing. Yep. And being an entrepreneur is not for everyone because constantly people are like, oh, well, you know, you have your own schedule. You can do this. And it's if I don't discipline myself, things will not get done. Cleaning will not get done. You know, financially, inventory, orders, scheduling, whatever it is, Instagram, nothing will get done if you're not strict with yourself. God, that's so true. And it can it can feel almost like how do I organize this week? How do I organize this day? How do I organize this hour to maximize productivity for my business? And it feels sometimes like it's ironic that people do say or think, yeah, you have an open schedule, you make it, but it's almost like within the mindset of running your own business, you don't want a day off. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's how I feel anyway. Then I'm just kind of like staring into space, not getting stuff done. And I have to like push myself and be like, okay, you know, you have 10 things to do, at least do two of them today. <laughs> you know, people that I admire, women that I look up to, they, they've kind of eased into their business and they've, you know, mapped out what works for them really well. And I am excited to get there. I'm ex- that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a goal for me, you know, is definitely to get to a point where I'm like, all right, I got this Monday through Friday. I'm good. And I can take my two days off. I look forward to getting there. I'm not there yet. Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there yet. We talked just briefly before we hit record, and one thing that we started talking about was I was telling Megan that something that has come up for me that I wasn't expecting is that entrepreneurship has felt a little lonely. It's felt like a little bit of a lonely journey, journey. Mm -hmm. and that really wasn't something that I was expecting. I was expecting to feel pressure. I was expecting to feel stress. I was expecting all those emotions. Um, I was not expecting to feel loneliness. Have you had that experience? At times, because I've always worked somewhere that there's so many people. I've always worked in jobs that, like, never in a cubicle or anything like that. I've never been that type of person that can (laughs) work those jobs. I'm always, you know, social, restaurants. So when I went from constantly being around people, bouncing ideas off of people, oh, let's do this as a team. Now I'm kind of like sitting by myself thinking, okay, what do I have to do now? I I have a good community of estheticians now, but I didn't always have that. So I never really had people to bounce ideas off of or kind of to run things past other people. Like there's some really awesome estheticians that I've met. And now we'll be in a group text or we call each other, hey, what do you think about this? Or hey, this promotion or hey, this protocol, whatever it is. So it's nice when you can find someone in your industry that truly cares. You can all better yourselves together. It's really nice to find that support. I couldn't agree more. I mean, a shameless 
plug on my business, <laughs> shameless plug on the wisery, um, is that that's one of the that's one of the core values mm-hmm. of of my my company is networking and building community with within your industry, but also cross industry, mm-hmm. right? Because I often find it is nice when you find other entrepreneurs or other business owners outside of your industry. Oftentimes, I feel like we will find that people are having the same issues or things that come up that maybe we weren't expecting them to have, even yeah. though like you and I probably have very similar experiences in some ways, um, even though we're in two totally different industries, which I think is really nice. And I think it's a beautiful thing when entrepreneurs or business owners get together because that community, I think, is so important. Yeah, it's so nice. It definitely made it feel a lot less lonely. Like the friends that I currently have that you know, we call each other all the time. It really makes it a lot better. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. My my background is a retail background. So I'm, you know, same thing. I went from being in a team for the past decade within different companies to working alone. It's, it's big difference. It's a big difference. It's a really big difference. And, and you feel it for sure in the beginning. But I've, I, in the last uh, conversation I had with, um, Hedier, she is a makeup artist that I spoke with. We were talking about the service industry and how the best people in the world are in the, are in the service industry. You learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I think it. you learn a lot about people in general. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about the triggers that you have because dealing with the public is a massive test in patience. I started getting cranky. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because you see... Some of the best and worst people on the planet, mm-hmm. truly, in the service industry, whether it's working in a restaurant, retail, um, salon, you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting, <laughs> for yeah. sure. But I often find that a lot of great entrepreneurs come out of the service industry. It's hard work. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it does teach you a lot and kind of how to be a hard worker. Like some of the places that I worked, bars and restaurants, taught me so much. Absolutely. I think everybody should have to work in the service industry for like a minimum of two years. I really do. I think it would make the world a better place. Make them understand. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So let's get back to your business. Let's talk about some of the beginning kind of hurdles that you had to had to jump over. What was what was it like leaving the company that you were at to go out on your own? Um, And how did you like, how did you literally get started? Like, did you bank money? Did you like, Getting, yeah. So I originally started um, as soon as I left school, but I invested a ton of money in the hydrofacial, which costs as much as a car. And, you know, a lot of, um, wow. yeah, um, a lot of furniture and machines and products and classes and courses, like everything costs a lot for you would think, oh, a little room. Oh, it's probably like, you know, 10 grand, not even close. So I did that for about eight months and I wasn't happy in, or in my situation at the time. So I went ahead and I stepped back and I said, let me regroup, pay off the hydrofacial and I'm going to start my business in maybe like two years or something. Then the pandemic happened. So as soon as everything was paid off for Redondo, I just figured I'm like, let me just do this again. And this time it was so much better. It is nice if you don't have to go in with a ton of debt, like try to save at least a little bit where it's not going to be super stressful. But yeah, it depends kind of the business or 
any of that stuff. Go And being an esthetician, you don't have to invest in all the machines starting out. You can wait and kind of build yourself up to that. It's just I knew what I wanted. So I just figured I'm like, let me just wait until I can do exactly what I want. Yeah, I think that that allows you the freedom to build the business that you hope to have. Mm-hmm. What is your what does your business look like in five years from now? Oh man, maybe maybe okay, maybe not five years. What does what does your business look like in two years from now? So, um, I don't imagine myself having employees. That can always change. I do like having control over the schedule, and the, I am happy making a certain amount where I don't need to be making you know a ridiculous amount of money. I just want to live comfortably. I don't want a lot of stress. So having employees, I think, would stress me out a little bit. And it's just a lot more complex with like, you know, payroll and everything else, insurance, everything that goes along with it. So I think I'll probably just keep the two locations. There's a couple other little partnerships I might that I might do, but I'm kind of waiting on finalizing those. On Instagram, I've, you know, I went through your Instagram, yeah. you're, you're, you have a ec- great Instagram. I think it's super pun, or I guess pun intended, <laughs> a- aesthetically pleasing and solid following. So how did you, how did you garner that? So at first I was kind of just posting stuff because when I went to school, that was one thing that they taught us and they're like, oh, you know, there's always like a social media winner for the month, whatever. So I remember I won that like my last month there. But they would teach us like post about treatments, post about specials, post about products and ingredients. And that kind of got me um, a little bit more comfortable and my confidence up with that stuff, even though it's like, you know, I was kind of learning at the time, didn't know exactly what was going on. But <laughs> now um, I try to post more quality content instead of just posting all the time. So I don't post as much as I used to. But, you know, the first probably 1500 followers are like, the hardest to get. That's for sure. And then it keeps growing, 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 growing. And as you do more events, collaborations and having uh, maybe clients that like your services, they repost or companies repost. I um, will post a lot about certain companies that I know will repost my stuff and that, that I really enjoy using their products. So that helps too. So what would you say to somebody who isn't at 1,500 followers yet? What would you say, let's say they're at, you know, 100, 200 followers and they're feeling discouraged. How would you encourage them to keep going, you know, and not give up on the Instagram thing? So this happens to a lot of people. Um, I had a friend who was stuck at like, I think it was like 800 for a while, like couldn't get more. And then she like blew up making the funniest reels. Um, So it's kind of like you have to find your niche and kind of stick with it. Like if you're really good at reels, do that. If you're good at more educational posts, do that. If you're good at, you know, showing what facials you do or whatever makeup you do, whatever it is that you do, focus on that more. Because some people will follow you because you're different than everybody else. I think that that's important. And I, I I talk a lot on this podcast about how being authentic and being genuine is your most powerful asset that you have, no matter what business you're in, because people can feel when you're being disingenuous. I really believe that. I think people can feel when you're not coming from, from a place of sincerity. And I think being unique and being yourself is really a superpower. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about that? It's still hard for me with Instagram. Like, I try to be myself as much as possible. I know people say that they struggle with, like, uh, imposter syndrome and all that stuff, which is, like, a real thing. A lot of people have opened up about it when I've taken some classes with companies and stuff. But um, 
I still struggle, you know, taking videos of myself, like posting me talking about um, this product or I don't know what it is. I'm not used to doing videos. Everyone has their little struggles. I think that that's really real, mm -hmm. though. And I think that it's so relatable. I totally understand. I, f I feel the same way. I put up my first reel, I don't know, like a couple weeks ago. And I mean, I wanted to like literally vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to throw up. I my palms were sweating. I was like dizzy. You know, I had I went I, I, I totally shame spiraled myself. You were know? you talking in it? Yeah. Yeah. And it was really hard. And I could even dig in and say that a couple of friends have asked me, um, why didn't you name your company something with your name in it? You know, like Kayleen Kaiser blank consulting or Kayleen Kaiser community or Inco, whatever, because a lot of people do. And I think that that's great. And I think that I have multiple reasons. I love the name of my company. I love the Wisery. I love that. But a lot of it is I think that in the beginning, I kind of wanted to hide behind my company's name. You know, I thought I could kind of put this curtain up of of a name. And same thing with the podcast, not this podcast, but I had another podcast before. I, 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 I tried to hide behind the name of that. And I think ultimately I did kind of a disservice to myself in that last podcast um, because I wasn't so in front of it because I was unwilling to take a video of a of a conversation or a photo or uh, when really, you know, I think it's it is important to own your business, but it is a it is a real thing. You know, and the insecurity that I felt was I hated the way that I spoke. I hated the way that I looked when <laughs> I spoke. And it's something that I that I have to get over. And it's a it's a constant practice, though. I'm not 100 percent there yet at yeah. all. Isn't it funny, though, that like the things that we recognize in ourselves as like an insecurity or, oh, I don't like this. It's like other people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you I know? think it's just hard because when we're on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, there are so many mean people. And even though it might not happen to us, I think that's what I'm scared of. I just I get anxious when people are super mean or rude or judgmental it's just something that i haven't overcome yet um so it makes me a little bit uncomfortable when people kind of like come at me in an aggressive way and i don't know them and i'm like why would they act like that you know but it's it comes with social media absolutely and i have my thing that i feel insecurity about on social media is that everybody is so fucking beautiful <laughs> you <laughs> <Their> know filters <laughs> Everybody looks like Margot Robbie. And I'm like, what's happening? You You're know? beautiful. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I honestly believe that every person is beautiful in their own way. And I I would never think half the negative and mean shit that I think about myself towards anybody else. You know what I mean? Never. I would, I would never use the self-talk that I have spoken to myself in my brain towards anybody else yeah um and that's like a another constant practice that we have to be aware of is that self-talk it's like we have to be kind to ourselves we have to we have to be gentle with ourselves mm -hmm. because every little percentage of progress is a step in the right direction well that's another thing too um with skincare i don't just look at the client and be like oh, you have this, this, this pigment, you have, you know, wrinkles. I ask them, what are your skin concerns? Because, you know, for me, this is what I do. And I can notice things if, if you want me to, but I want to help you with what bothers 
you. Who cares what we think? It's more when you look at yourself, hey, I don't like the little bit of acne I get on my cheeks or, oh, these lines, you know, on my forehead bother me, whatever it is. Um, I want to help you feel better. So that's another big thing with skincare. That's a really beautiful thing to point out about your industry is really you really are in the industry of making people feel good. Mm-hmm. That's really a beautiful thing. It's a it's a good feeling type of job. Yeah. People come in once they've seen me like once or twice, they give me hugs. They want to catch up, whatever it is. It's like I leave here happy and not like upset or I don't have a bad day or it's just it's a good job. It's fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up, but let's kind of talk about maybe you can give us just really quickly a little skincare tip. I don't know. Maybe do you have drink lots of water, (laughs) wear your sunscreen, don't do all the TikTok trends. (laughs) I so sunscreen's a big one, right? Yeah. I mean, I have actually a personal question. Sunscreen, Uh should it go on? This is I, I like Google this every day. I'm doing my skincare routine. I'm like sunscreen supposed to go on first or last last okay thank you mm-hmm. thank you yeah and a lot of the time people overdo it you don't need to overdo it keep it simple if you have questions just ask your esthetician there's plenty great estheticians everywhere so ask them for some advice and where let's give you a shout out and tell us where we can find you tell us information about your business give us all the rundown so um, on all platforms, I'm Megan Marlene Skincare, and I'm in Redondo Beach and Beverly Hills. But yeah, you can look up my Instagram or on Facebook, my website, and um, all my info will be on there. Okay, cool. And I'm going to put up a little, you know, I'll put up a picture. I'll tag you in this episode. So anybody, if you're interested in learning more information or going on your website, all the info will be on your Instagram. Yeah. Then? Okay. Perfect. And you can always DM me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So how often would you recommend people go see their estheticians, by the way? So it all depends kind of your skin conditions, financially where you're at, how much time you have. But if like in a perfect world coming in once a month for most people would be ideal. But if you can at least get on really good home care, then you can kind of push it if you need to to get those good results. That's good to know. The one esthetician that I worked with consistently for a long time, her big thing was don't over exfoliate. That was her big thing. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Like on TikTok. Is that what happens on TikTok? (laughs) Everyone, oh my gosh, you should see what people do. Don't do it. Makes me nervous. (laughs) Just run it past me first. I'll tell you. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. All right. Well, thank you, Megan. Thank Thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And uh, check her out on Instagram, guys. And we'll be back next week with a new episode.